Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, username Zach17. John J. Foster15. Henry Scrax. And um, the Colorado Rockies are, are certainly a team in 2020 with, as of this moment recording, 20 wins and 20 losses. So and are you saying that we encapsulate everything that's good and bad with 2020? Um, no, because 2020, you're like, there's not really that many good things. Right. And, I mean, in the Rockies in 2020, there's not really that many good things, but here we are still watching it, just trying to see if we can make it out into the postseason. I mean, we are the seven seed right now if the season were to end as of right now. What a strange extended metaphor. Yeah. It's getting a little mixed up in here. Um, so mixed metaphor-wise, the Rockies are twenty twenty, and it's mostly because we you know, won a lot of games at the beginning, and what we kind of bounced back with this thing called winning in uh, Los Angeles. Yep. I Can't was not it. expecting that at all. Oh, yeah. I like, still can't believe it at all. Did the Dodgers just choke? I, I felt like it was a well-played series. Like, the entire mm. series was equal parts messy on both sides, equal parts good teams matching up. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm talking about the Rockies when I say good teams matching up, but it just had that feel. It was kind of a, a weird series where... You expected the Rockies to blow it, but they were playing mm. well. So that was just our pessimism talking. Yeah. I mean, defensively, we're not terrible. You know, um, pitching-wise, John Gray went down, and Herman Marquez had a really, really bad start a couple starts ago. And, you know, it was it was last week, uh, the end of August, early September, where the, everything just was falling apart. And... Um, if I was to tell you, like, overall this season, I mean, there's just, we'll get into the stat cast thing later, but overall this season, who of the Rockies with a minimum plate appearances of 30 has the highest weighted runs created plus? So 30 is a low amount. Huh. But uh, I would believe it's Nolan Arenado's cousin. You'd yeah. be right. Yeah, Josh Fuentes is killing it with, uh, you know, it's been 30 at-bats. And, um, you know, he's only got a bat up of .529. Only, yeah. A K percentage of 33.3 and a walk percentage of 3.3. Um, but And his exit velocity is 86.7. So, you know how, like... Josh Fuentes is good, but is he? I mean, I've said for a while he's a quadruple A player, and quadruple A players can have these stretches. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. But he's replacing, you know, some guy with a weighted runs created plus of 60, you know, 
a BABIP of 287. Uh, you know, Dana Murphy doesn't strike out much at 16.4%, but, like, he has... Oh my God. He's just not very good. He's just getting old, honestly. By baseball standards. <laughs> He's a negative 0.5 war. You know... It's a free agent that Jeff Bradage signed with negative war. Yeah. Which is... Those grow on trees, though. (laughs) And they have to be above 30, you know? Drew Butera, negative 0.3 war. He's still around for some reason. You know, Elias Diaz has 32 weighted uh, plate appearances now, but his weighted runs created plus is only 46. Is he better than Walters? Because I have a feeling Everyone's that... better than Walters. He's got a negative yeah. 0.7 war. Well, catching is awful. My goodness for offense. How many, how many players do you think have a 15 or lower way to runs created plus on a season? In a whole season? Like minimum? Like No, for us currently. Could, oh. I thought you were just talking baseball. For us currently, I'm going to guess like four. Yeah. This isn't very fun when you just get it right the first time, John. David right. Dahl has a 14. Tony Walters has a 12. Drew Butera has an 11. And Brendan Rodgers has a negative 62. Okay. That's got to go up at some point. I you mean, know? You said, we said the shoulder thing wasn't that big of a deal, right? Yeah. But then I believe he went back on the IL because he felt something on that same shoulder, so maybe it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the the guy who Brandon Rogers is supposed to replace is Ryan McMahon, who I you can't replace what, Ryan. I like Ryan McMahon, but it's so hard to defend him. I mean, he had a nice hit tonight. We're recording yeah. during the Padres game for full clarity, uh, the first game of the Padres series. He had a nice hit in his first at-bat opposite field off the wall. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of thing that Ryan can do consistently or cannot do consistently that mm-hmm. he should be able to do consistently because his swing is clean. Mm-hmm. He just misses the ball all too frequently. He's yeah. LASIK or something. I mean... Did you know we don't have a single person in our team with 10 home runs? It's a shortened season, I get it, but... I believe we're actually one of the bottom teams in terms of, like, home runs, actually, which, to opposing fans, sounds crazy, but the way we've seen them hit, it makes sense. They don't really hit the ball hard at all. Exactly. But weirdly, um, the highest exit velocity in our team is obviously Trevor Story. Yep. And the second highest exit velocity on the team is obviously Ryan McMahon. Yeah, when he makes consistent connection, it's good. That's all he needs to work on is, I don't know if he just changed his batting stance or what, because he already revamped the swing. Mm-hmm. So do you need to revamp the batting stance? Right. Because when he makes yeah. connection, ball go far. Very much so, very much so. Um, but these are kind of all season stats and stuff like that. And, you know, the Rockies are still just hanging in there. We don't really know why. The last 14 days, we weren't really that great. 
unless your name is Trevor Story, Garrett Hampson, Nolan Arnato, Rymel Tapia, or Josh Fuentes. Yeah, I don't know uh, Henry's uh, stance on Tapia uh, at the beginning of the season and prior to the season, but I think Zach and I might owe him an apology. We do. It's possible. We really do. Because we crushed him on this very podcast like many four times. episodes ago. I said get rid of him many times. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, like I was okay with him being a bench player, but that's purely because I like his personality and I thought he would be like a just to keep him in the clubhouse would be great. But yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. He did deserves the starting spot now. Mm-hmm. So there's all this stuff, and essentially the Colorado Rockies in the total season really didn't hit many home runs, and the total number of players who were above average who aren't named Josh Fuentes is three. Well, one of them's not Nolan Arenado, which, I mean, small season or, mm-hmm. or short season or not, you expect him to turn it around eventually. Right, because in the last 14 days, Nolan Arenado is 107 way runs created plus. But total season, he's 77. Yeah. So it's like, this is not a, not a great team. And it's, it's the stars and scrubs thing. You signed a guy named Kevin Pillar, whose weighted runs created plus is 99 on the season. And in the last two weeks, his weighted runs created plus has been 99. So. I mean, his underlying numbers say that that 99 is not going to last for much longer. Right. (laughs) In a bad way. Yeah. That he's actually overplaying himself. So that's the kind of the thing is like, John was saying earlier that like three years ago, the Rockies. You know, they might have might have liked Kevin Pillar, right? What are you saying about that? I mean, they have the Rockies basically made three moves in the last week that two thousand seven me two thousand seventeen me really wanted. Michael Givens trade, Kevin Pillar trade, AJ Ramos signing, which they made official today. Okay. Those are three moves that I was screaming for in two thousand seventeen. <laughs> and now here, and here we, we are. Yeah, we sit in twenty twenty and they finally made all three of those moves. Because we're buyers at the deadline. Oh yeah. It's it's a weird. Um, why don't you talk about Michael Givens real quick before I kind of rant about the idea of buying versus selling? Go. All right. So, I'm assuming it's me about Michael Givens since I like him so much. Yes. Um, Michael Givens, as long as he's like used properly, which with Bud Black, I'm a little scared, but. Well, for now, we'll say that he does, right? Is probably one of the best impact relievers we could get. He does get a lot of strikeouts, and although sometimes innings can be shaky, he's historically really good in the setup role or maybe getting four outs. But as long as we're not pushing him to five outs or more, I believe that Michael Gibbons with his weird, funky uh, arm angle and his overall good pitches right he's got a above average fastball and really good slider right i think mm-hmm. he will be a good he will be good for this bullpen and although the cost people said was a little much with nevin and vafra right i don't think it's really that bad since we infield prospects are like the least of our concerns if it, we were trading a pitcher then yeah i'd be concerned but it comes from our depth so i don't really care 
Yeah. I mean, we... The chances of, like, Vavra or Nevin actually being an impact on this team the next, like, three to four years were kind of slim because right. we're probably going to sign, like, a 35-year-old shortstop anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and now you got Michael Gibbons, which is nice because our bullpen that was once really, really great is now really, really bad. And I'm not sure how much of that is just because of the second-worst game in Rockies history. Um in like a short season, you really Zach. can't have one of those games. Like our run differential, our run differential is negative thirty five, and I think twenty of those is from that one game or so. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea. <laughs> that whole day is a blur. Well, so. you, the, the 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 Giants, the team that's you know didn't make a whole bunch of signings, and then um, you know they just have been kind of farming stuff for a while and making like smart moves and. Now they actually have kind of the uh, sixth best offense according to way he runs created plus. Which, if the Mets didn't exist, would make the most not sense. What is going on right now? You've got the Mets at the top and then the Padres, which good for them, but also <sighs> White Sox have made a ton of great moves and had a lot to do with development. Dodgers, of course, Braves, Giants. I mean, the, the thing about the Giants is... is Mike Yastrzemski was legitimately traded away, just given away by the Baltimore Orioles who would do anything for any young talent because their farm system is still being built up. They have a lot of pieces to fill and they just gave Yastrzemski away and he turns into a guy who is going to get National League MVP votes this year. Yeah. It's crazy. It makes no sense. So, but... You've got basically, you, you bought like Kevin Pillar, who's old and has never had a season above 100 way he runs grade plus. You got Michael Givens, who's, yeah, maybe good for the next couple of like, years because cheap and not a bad idea because we don't really have that much bullpen depth anyway. And you got to have somebody to throw the ball, especially yeah, the if you're. Gi- the Givens trade works beyond 2020. If- yeah. The Rockies consider themselves contenders, so the Givens trade works for 2020, 21, 22, well, and I believe That's the problem, is the Rockies always consider themselves contenders. And expand, with the expanded playoffs, like, are you supposed to please your fans and say, hey, there is 0% chance we're going to win the World Series, but we're still going to buy players because that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, you you get a fat check for making the playoffs, so let's, oh, yeah, that let's is not true, forget yeah. about that. Even the expanded playoffs. <sighs> that's I mean that's the there. So I, I had read something earlier that basically said this sixteen team playoff thing with a trade deadline. It's going to make teams that are not the top division teams like the Dodgers and such they're not going to make a lot of moves because it's already hard enough for them to win a championship because they're going to make the playoffs and now they have an extra round to play. It's going to be teams like the Padres and the Rockies and the Giants, which even though the Giants didn't, not a big deal, are going to be the teams that buy because just getting to the playoffs is good enough. Is that the new normal? God, I hope not. (laughs) I don't think there's a single baseball fan in the world who wants a 16-team playoff after 162 games. So many. Oh. 
I feel like if you, the most I could do would be like 12. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to stomach 12, but 16's a bit too much for a 162 game. You know, because it's like, hey, you are, if you're the 16th team, like, you are below average. You are not a good team. Welcome to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, look at the 7 and 8 seed in the National League right now. It's the Rockies and the Giants. You know who's um, worse than the Rockies on offense? The Diamondbacks, the Pirates, the Rangers, end of list. Jeez. Which is why we uh, signed Kevin Pillar. Yep. I mean, we didn't, we, I don't know why we all thought something was going to happen after that like huge blowout. Was it, was it 25 to 2? 23 to 5. 23 Not that I remember, five. though. Yeah. And that was like literally the day after, you know, Bright is just like, hey, we're a good team. We score runs. We're good. And nothing changed. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen what our, our farm system's ranked at as of midseason now. Negative, negative one? It's ranked 28th, which is. Some would consider bad. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you're kind of limited in the moves you can make at a trade deadline when your farm system's that bad. And so then you just made the farm system worse. I don't think Nevin was... I don't think Nevin's an MLB player. Vavre, I mean, what's right? the difference in 28 and 29? Sure. That's fair. Yeah. And now you got to, like, basically... The other thing is, like, wow, our farm system is this terrible... I mean, the thing is, if if we had to have that hot streak, we could have, you know, possibly sold some people to rebuild yeah. the farm system instead of, like, the Rockies have this hope that we're always the best team, and there's just it's just bad luck. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, is who do you sell? Like, they don't have a guy that you can sell that fills that. I mean, that it's just Blackman is too expensive. Yeah, nobody's nobody's going to trade prospect value for Chuck or Nolan because of their contracts. Mm-hmm. The structure for Nolan, not the actual contract, just the structure with the opt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're not trading Trevor Story because that would be stupid. That's who you build around. Daniel Murphy has no value. Ryan Murphy's, or excuse me, Ryan McMahon's too young to trade. You don't want to trade your pitchers that you finally built up a pitching staff that's good. And J- and Gray, oh. Gray's hurt. But the thing would be nice is if you had like made any kind of depth moves for the starting pitching at all yeah. at any point. You know, I will Ryan say Castellani, though, though. No, I was gonna say that I will though we're we're in a much better position to sell well in twenty twenty one because that's when well for pitching, right? I've been saying that we should trade John Gray, but for twenty twenty one that's ultimately with Lambert, Castellani, and Rollison coming up, right? That mm. gives you way more starting depth to trade John Gray and actually try to improve right. our farm system. Um, the uh, thing is, our next pitcher right now is Jose Mujica, right? Oh, oh yeah. Which preseason, so, I was pretty intrigued by him, but we haven't heard anything about him because they're not reporting anything from these new these training site games, so... I don't know. Weird. So, would you have traded Rymel Tapia? 
Yes, 100%. Like, no questions asked. If anybody would have given me anything for him, I would have just, yeah, here you go. Take him. He's batting like 111 way he runs created plus in the last, in the season, you know. You've got Garrett Hampson, who's now going to be outfield. Now you've, you could probably re-sign Kevin Pillar to be your shitty, like, batter, but at least defensive center field. I don't know if Dahl's ever going to ever be anything. It's like Dahl had one good year, right? Mm. One, arguably two. That's what I'll say. I mean, as soon as you get him out of Colorado, I bet his body will just heal magically and he'll be an all-star. Like, every year. And he just won't have any problems whatsoever. That's all that's holding him back, really. He's never had an off-season where he can just go in and work on being a baseball player. He's had to rehab every off-season since he was in double-A. You know, that mental health, too, probably. Yeah. What's been weird is uh, Sam Hilliard was not very good to start, you know? Terrible, in fact. He was really bad. And now he's at 96, where he runs created plus getting better he's getting better I mean I think we all over expected things from Sam Hilliard he's really not played very long yeah he's he's a perfect fourth outfielder he can play center field in a pinch Mm -hmm. he can be a guy off the bench who can fill in at all three positions in the outfield he's your perfect fourth outfielder right we're just we need him to be more than a fourth outfielder which is the problem I have this weird thing where I feel like almost defending Brightage for a second. Chris Owings has zero war. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna prop up Chris Owings as like the hey this is a good one. No, it's not good. It's not good at all. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's not negative. <laughs> That's the hey. thing. Is my That's my cool. bar for Jeff Brightage is did you sign a person who wasn't negative war? There's still time in this season. Let's 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 make sure he doesn't finish. You know, Kevin Pillar right now is at point one war, so he's just gotta just be replacement for now on, and there you go. I don't know. Oh man. I mean, I as long as if we make the playoffs, we score a freaking run and don't have a whole twenty eighteen <laughs> Brewers situation. Oh, that was so hard to watch. Which, I mean, we could. We're not a good offensive team. And right now, if the playoffs were to end, we'd be playing the Braves, who have some good pitchers and some really bad pitchers. So, hmm. who's to say? Maybe we just get, like, one little run or two, you know? We, we, that whole series, we had one inning, basically, right? It was, like, the ninth inning of the first game. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's just do a little bit more evidence of why the Rockies are not a good team. And essentially, we only bought to make the playoff money, right? Seems like Which it. is not a bad thing. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, we didn't, we didn't lose that much, but when we're going over it, there's not much to sell except for Rymel Tapia. Right? And even then, I don't think you're going to get anything of value for him. I would have yeah. gone with like a... You know, we're not going to get anything from him anyway after the season. We'd have to re-sign him to an actual contract. Unless he actually wants to do a one-year contract, which I don't know. Are we talking about Tapia? Yeah. He's arbitration eligible we can arb- next year. Oh, okay. So Ooh, we just so have to make, pay him. 
He'll make like nine hundred fifty grand next year. That's not bad. Is it worth yeah. keeping him? No, I would still trade him. But that's just me. Because now you've got like Hilliard coming up. You got well. This is all you know. If Dahl ever is healthy, I mean, I think maybe until we trade David Dahl, you should just plan on having an extra outfielder. Yeah. I mean, that's why you have Gary Hampson. Well, no, Gary Hampson is now an outfielder. That's what he is. Right, but he can play outfield. He can play short. He can play second. Like, that's a guy that you keep on the roster just because he's so versatile. Regardless of how he's hitting, which he's hitting really well this year. Right. But if you look at your outfielders right now, you got Chuck, Sam, Pilar, Tapia. With no Daniel Murphy, I would hope that we would DH Chuck next year, if the DH is a thing next year, which I expect it to be, but that's not a guarantee. I think it will be, too, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I don't like the whole you have to face three, three batters thing. You know, I'm warming up to that, to be honest with you. Less changes? No, I just feel like it brings a different strategy. Like, remember when we talked about a week or two ago where Bud didn't take out any of the lefty batters even though they had a lefty in there and they had to face three? Yeah. That's a missed opportunity of being strategic. That's the thing. It's a better offensive thing. It's just Bud Black's a bad manager. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we should probably, like, let's let's just do a little stack house and then take a break and we'll talk about the future and maybe some management stuff. Um, You guys have the stack house stuff up? Yep. You know what's crazy is you know who has the highest launch angle on our team? Sam Hilliard. Drew Butera. <laughs> what? <laughs> 21.5, baby. That doesn't make any sense. Well, he just pops it up every single time. It's great. Yeah. Exit velocity ace. Yeah, yeah, the 86.2 exit velocity. That's, that's how it's done, baby. <laughs> Um, you know, and okay. when you look at Statcast, it usually has like a little red thing around a number if it's good. Right. I see one of those. And it's batting average. Expected <laughs> batting average for Charlie Blackman. That's it. Like, if you had something like a good offense, you would have at least one or two or three or five or ten of those. Just on all these categories, hard hit percentage, exit velocity, barrels, barrel percent, expected bad average, expected slugging, expected woba. You know, it's so bad. You know, like, with this exit velocity, it's like, like, well, look, Story, McMahon, Hilliard, those are your people that are, like, above average, right? And are not a black man somewhat. It's mm-hmm. almost like this whole front office just went, and agreed with all the opposing fans and said, oh, if you just hit the ball in the air at Coors Field, it's gone. No, you actually have to hit it hard. Right. Because their oh. exit velocity is, like, barely in the like 87s. And to be fair, all the blues are just David Dahl and Tony Walters because, you know, I love Tony, but it, it's got to be time, man. Zach and Henry, who is fourth on the team in hard hit percentage? Fourth, I'm gonna say. Oh, not Hampson. 
It's Elias Diaz oh, who needs boy. more playing time. My boy. <laughs> He's the official catcher of this podcast, whether Zach thinks it or not. I do think so. It's just that we have to wait because you guys were talking about how we can't have him start too many times. Otherwise, we won't get him next year or something for a cheap, cheap price. Who cares about that? Oh, um, It's not my money. It's Monfort's money. Yeah, and Monfort cares about his money because he won't pay his freaking minor leaguers anyway. Yeah. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, we already had a discussion, too. Um... No, but we're playing Butera more because obviously he's way more worth the at bats than Diaz. So, so the funniest, the funniest thing is the highest launch angle and the lowest hard hit percentage are both Butera. <laughs> That's impressive, almost to be honest with you. Right? How did you get both? You know how many barrels he has? Zero. 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 <laughs> you know who's everybody's like gushing over? Who? You know, Josh Fuentes, whoever he's gushing over, he's like, oh my god, he's the next first baseman. You know how many barrels he has? Zero. Yeah, if people are expecting Josh Fuentes to be anything in the future, that's they're going to be in for a rough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at these team leaderboards in sort of StatCast. We are the third worst in exit velocity, and in terms of hard hit percentage, we're the absolute worst, and that's nice. just... Painful way to go. Yep. We're, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, there's it's now it's just too late to really change anything either way. Like, you can't trade, there's no depth, there's no like people in the farm, and you're not even gonna tank to be able to, you know, get any better farm picks. And you basically have to hope that your farm pick is actually gonna be the one, and we're gonna get like what, like a 15th pick when we're the second worst team. Yeah, but still, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I like Zach Veen, but he's not coming in for what, like, three or four years, so that's not gonna help anything. Well, who are our first basemen who are like supposed to be good? Do we we just got our big guys? Colton Welker. Talking about a New Hampshire kid. No, Grant Levine's like. He's like four or five years away. I mean, we can't keep Marquez that long. We can't keep Gray that long. We can't keep Freeland that long. We can't keep, like, maybe we could keep Freeland that long. And then you got Lambert, who so far I don't really think is even going to be a fourth starter. You know, he wasn't pitching injured, and he wasn't really that impressive. Yeah. I mean, he got thrown to the dogs last year. I don't think you can... I don't think you can extrapolate anything from 2019 with Peter Lambert. He had, like, one good start. I mean, he just... He got thrown to the the Wolves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he got injured, so now you're saying, oh, make sure you come back from this injury. Yeah, we're not going to probably see him in 21 till late, late, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate just because of the timing of the surgery. Yeah. And then the whole COVID thing, not being able to rehab properly, more than likely. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's just surprising because when you think about the Rockies, you're like, oh, yeah, they hit well, right? Like, no. You just know they're going to hit. You just know they're going to hit. I'm kind of just, I want to just do a quick little home runs thing for the Rockies. Okay. This baseball savant home runs things. Um, 
So the expected home run, the home runs minus expected home runs for the Rockies, which would be like, you know, how many home runs do you think you're, huh? So home runs minus expected home runs would mean that you are hitting less home runs than you're expected to if it's negative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are, we have zero positive home runs to expected home runs. So we've hit as many home runs as we were supposed to. No, we were supposed to hit. So it's home runs minus expected home runs. If we have this many home runs, like five, and we expected to hit 10, we have a minus five. So we were expected to hit five more home runs than you've actually hit. Oh, gotcha. I heard zero in there for some reason. Well, zero is the number of people who, ha- who are overperforming on home runs. Gotcha. I'm not really sure if that's the whole like Breitich barrier or something or things being weird, but let me just like share it your way for a second and then we'll take a quick, quick break. The person on the team who is supposed to have the most home runs yet has less is Garrett Hampson. Nice. Garrett Hampson is negative 3.7 home runs less than he should have. You know? I mean, he's, he's hit the ball well. Mm-hmm. You got Charlie Blackman, Kevin Pillar, Ryan McMahon, Matt Kemp, Nolan Arenado, Ryan Miltapia are all negative 1.3 and negative 1.8. So the team collectively should have like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 9, 10-ish more home runs than it does. Those would help. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw what Matt Kemp's home run did last night for the team. It just seemed to pick everybody up. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole level of play after Matt Kemp's home run last night, the two-run home run against the Dodgers, just mm-hmm. the whole the whole team just looked more energetic afterwards. You've got a whole, like, no-doubter percentage, too, which is like, oh, this is gone. And weirdly, I'm not really sure how much you can lead into that. Basically, the the team doesn't hit home runs, and home runs really would make the offense probably better. I mean, that's what 2020 baseball, 2019, 2018 baseball is all that's about. That's the new thing, is like walks, strikeouts, home runs, and we're not hitting as many home runs as we're expected to, and I wonder if it's just the clubhouse chemistry or we're just a bad team, and it could be the latter. But let's take a quick break, and we'll see if there's any way we can salvage something from this team. Okay. the rock pile talk pile um the rockies have you know just a few games left we're looking at 20 games then because including tonight so 20 games left 500 and the playoff odds right now um john we're what like so hold on i got too many tabs open they're like 40 something it was 40 when I looked this morning, uh-huh. um, and that's how often I'm on Fangraphs. 
they are 41% even right now, which is uh, the fourth most or the fourth best. How would, he, how would you say that? Fourth best in our division. Um, there are the Marlins are worse than us. The Nationals, which what the hell happened to the Nationals, Dude. are worse than us. The Reds, what the hell happened to the Reds? Yeah, Reds are worse than us. Pirates, obviously worse than us. Do we really? And need, then the Diamondbacks. What we really need is like a Bryce Harper like person to say, "Hey, we should win a lot of games." Do we need Nolan Arenado to leave and then say, "I guarantee a championship for Colorado"? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um. So, but we're looking at kind of like the future, and you know, we weren't supposed to win yesterday. There was a twenty-seven percent chance of us winning against the Dodgers and what we talked about in the podcast before is how the Rockies had a really really hard schedule like this entire year going into it we were uh, 26th strength of schedule so we had the 26th easiest or 4th hardest and then we had the 20th which means we were the 10th hardest and finally we got through a stretch of playing a lot of Dodgers and Padres and now we're actually the 8th easiest strength of schedule Oh, let's go I know. That's what happens when you place, play, get to play the Angels and the Diamondbacks. You know who has a higher um, strength of schedule than we do? The San Francisco Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the San Diego Padres. Because they have more Dodgers games, I'm guessing. No, they they have it easy. We are the, we are the eighth oh. easiest. Ooh. I'm getting oh, see, everything you're saying flipped today. So you know what I mean by that? We have the eighth easiest schedule left. So we actually... You know, based on this, after not being swept by the Dodgers at home, I know, maybe I'm a little more optimistic about making the playoffs. I still don't think we'd make it very far, but it, it it's definitely looking more possible as long as the Giants somehow, you know, choke. And Philadelphia needs to choke, who's got an easier record than we do. I mean, have you seen Philadelphia's bullpen? They can choke. Because they choke basically every day. Mm-hmm. They make our bullpen look like the 2015 Royals. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia is also a couple games behind. They're 19 and 17, and we're 20 and 20. So they've got one, they've got four games to make up, and they've got a terrible bullpen. So. Saying the Phillies have a terrible bullpen is such an understatement. <laughs> but, like, that's an understatement. Right. So, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the Philadelphia is right now 19 and 17. So they're in the playoff picture because they have a winning record. But now you're going to add, like, a couple double headers on. I mean, they could fall out of it. Easily. Who else is supposed to be good? You know, I thought the, um, I thought the Cubs were better. 23 and 18 is pretty good, but... I mean, Chris Bryant might be one of the worst hitters in baseball this year. Hmm. Like, everybody's complaining about Nolan Arenado's numbers. Look at Chris Bryant's numbers. They are horrendous. Oh, I have to look at that. He's hitting 188. Wow. It's terrible. You know, Miami has the fourth easiest uh, strength of schedule left, and they're at 17 and 18. And they have to make up a bunch of games, too. Exactly. So so now you're looking at the fact that if you've got Phillies with a terrible bullpen who have to make up a whole bunch of doubleheaders, they might lose steam. 
we get a better you know a better slot maybe Miami is not supposed to be that good of a team and they're just barely above, like below 500 so they could drop out because Miami is what eighth seed right uh, I think they're the nine seed nine right now because the Giants are the eight. I still don't think like we're gonna make it out alive. You know, we're we're, gonna, we're not gonna last like one series. Oh yeah, d- definitely. St. Louis has um, St. Louis is seventeen and fifteen. So they legit have to play like forty games in September, though. See, that's the thing. Is I'm exaggerating, obviously, but they have to play a bunch of games. Try a fifth of that. Yeah, see, it's, it's a ton of games. They have to make up eight games. St. Louis has definitely got, like, a decent bullpen, but they're, like, they're down there. Who's their closer again who's not playing because he's type 1 diabetic? Yep. Who oh, you want his name? Jordan Hicks. Hicks. Jordan oh, Hicks, God, yeah. he's such a great player, but I understand what he's doing. So now you got basically saying, look, the Rockies fought a little bit and we're not in the worst spot as we could be. But with the playoff picture the way it is, you got Philadelphia could lose a lot of games. Miami should not be winning this many games. St. Louis has to make up a ton of games. So you might not get the worst seed. And what else? I mean, just to... Just avoid playing the Dodgers in the first round. I don't care who else you play. Just for the love of God, do not get the eight seed and play the Dodgers. Here's what's going to suck is when we play the Giants. That's for seeding. We will probably play the Giants and lose. But we'll win one game. Well, you've got three or four, September 21st through September 24th. Those are four of our last seven games. And what even weirder is if the Mets, with their crazy good offense, just showed up finally. I mean, outside of Jacob DeGrom, can you name a starting pitcher for them? Well, Mats is not the person he used to be. They got rid of Wheeler. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, Cinder Guard's also Did they do anything at the deadline, even? Yeah, they traded for Todd Frazier. Oh, God, why? And, like, three bullpen pieces. Oh, yeah, former Rocky uh, Miguel Castro. They traded for him. Oh, he's still bumping around. That guy never liked us. I I mean, we got rid of him because he was a clubhouse cancer, supposedly. Yeah, but, I mean, we're all clubhouse that has cancer. Just kind (laughs) of like the whole, like, homophobic kind. Yeah, we got two of those guys now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two now. I'm going to kind of stop on that train before we get too far. The <laughs> Colorado Rockies in 2020, you know, if it comes down to, like, us somehow getting in and our offense somehow picking up, you know, maybe it's possible. We have a whole bunch of games against the, the Angels. Um, Oakland is not a terrible team, you know. No, Oakland's good, but we did beat them earlier in the year. I don't know how. I think they were just really cold to start the year. Basically, I think the whole season is going to hinge on our last seven games. You got four against the Giants and three against the Diamondbacks. You have to sweep that Diamondback series. You have to. They're going to be so far out of it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a... If you win five out of seven of those last, you know, seven games, I think I think you make it. And one thing I forgot, the first series is only three games. 
So three games we just saw, we beat the Dodgers in a three-game series just now. I'm not saying that we would beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. So don't don't hear what I'm well, not I saying. I don't know. I mean, the Dodgers last year didn't go very far against I mean, a team that was not supposed to be that good. I would I would say that the 2019 Nationals were just a tiny bit better than us, though. What? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, so let's see. If we've got 20 games left, basically you've got to go 500 in the next, you know, 13. Oh, God, we have four games against the Dodgers, September 17th to the 20th. Mm-hmm. There is one that we were projected to win. Is that the Herman Marquez start? Pretty much. It's just it's interesting because if you if you look at all these percentages, which you know every I don't know how Fangraphs is good with percentages of winning, you got a loss, a loss, a loss, a win, a win, a win, a loss, a loss, a win, a loss, a loss, a loss. That's nine losses and four wins. So, I mean, Fangraphs pretty much every start that Herman pitches, unless we're facing like Jacob Degrom, mm-hmm. we're at a sixty percent win win expectancy. So if if for some reason that shakes out to be accurate, you're looking at four nine before the last seven, which would be, I could see it. Yeah. If you're thinking about Padres, Angels, Oakland, Dodgers, I mean, do you think we're going to win more than like five or six games? I mean, you should win all three against the, the Angels. Yeah. By that, that, that alone, you should win three. We're also facing up against their starting pitcher, Griffin Canning, and Jamie Barria, and Andrew Heaney. So. You might lose the Heaney start. Heaney's a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so maybe you bump it up to like five or six. But yeah. you're thinking like six wins out of like 13. Maybe, if you're lucky. And then you got to win two thirds of the last seven, so it, it's going to be close. Yeah, it's yeah. Because as I mean, as, as the Phillies could collapse, and the Marlins could collapse, and then we talked about all the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, it's this is going to be one of the most uh, playoff implicating months in Rockies history. Definitely. Just simply because of where they've put themselves at and what they have well, it'll, in front it'll of them. Well, it'll be up there with September 2010, which I still don't forgive them for. Oh, God. I never want to forget. I never want to remember that month ever except for too low. Yeah, for too low. Anyway, um, other things. Um, it turns out Monfort's not the only bad um, owner. Um, <laughs> tell me about the Angels. Oh. You know, I don't know what the Angels owner did. Oh, the Angels Angels owner apparently didn't play pay his minor leaguers either. His name's Artie Moreno for everybody needs to know that. So it sounds See? like we're not the only people with a bad owner. I mean, he did give $125 million to Josh Hamilton. <laughs> Josh. God. And then the Mets might get owned by Steve Cohen, who apparently has more money than all the owners combined or something. And is quite a douchebag I don't know 
it's a, it's a it's a very weird year, and you know, if the year is weird enough to see the Rockies get far in this weird expanded playoffs thing, maybe we have a little hope. Yeah. Just from from the Rockpile Talkpile's perspective, there are zero statistics that show that we should be in this position. I mean, if you only look at the eleven and three start, that that's all the statistics we need, right? It's true. You know, for fourteen games, the Rockies were the best team in baseball. How about that? If we just had a little bit more fire, you know. I don't know, people I, I got an argument with some of the um, people on the sub not an argument, a, a discussion about how, you know, a manager contributes nothing to the offense. Hmm. He sets the lineup so he contributes a heck of a lot. Oh mm-hmm. yet. And the tone of the team is kind of the manager's like disposition almost, but you can't really measure that. You know Right. To your point earlier about how we don't lead in, like, any statistic, I've been trying to find something. And we do lead in one, and that's triples. That's literally it. (laughs) Only triples. And that's how we're going to go win the World Series. With a triple, like, two triples a game. Yep. And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, triple him to death. Get it in and... It's hard to describe this team. Besides, I'm really trying to come up with words and a good, like, you know, capstone for this. And, uh... You can't. You can't. The same, the same week that we beat the Dodgers in a series, we lost to the Giants by 18 runs. The, same, the exact same week. Mm-hmm. The team that was, at one point, the best in the league for a quarter of the season, almost also is the worst in the league in almost every offensive category. There's just no describing this 2020 team. It makes This 2020 team makes zero sense, which is why they might make the playoffs. <laughs> we are... Um, there's got to be an adjective for, like, wordless, you know, like, unfathomable. That's what we should name this episode, Unfathomable. Unfathomable. Yep. The 2020 Rockies are unfathomable. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to hopefully be able to breathe okay here in Colorado because while there are fires, there is also snow. So George R. R. Martin's having a field day with us. Oh, you got both. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun times. Fun times, fun times. Well, happy 2020, everyone. Um, unfathomable. We'll see you all next time. Yep. Bye. Start wearing a purple, wearing a purple. Start wearing a purple for me.